know what that sound means it's time for brooklyn paper radio live from downtown brooklyn the brooklyn paper building it's gersh kunzman of the new york daily news along with my cohort and pal vince dimaselli editor of these brooklyn papers and i gotta say vince you're still a handsome man i haven't seen you in a couple of weeks how you been how you been did you clear your head i heard you had to clear your head so a lot of people are saying where's gersh kunzman what's he been doing i needed to clear my head i went skiing in tahoe had a great time did you, go to, did you go to a psychologist or a psychiatrist? I went to neither. I cleared my head in the old-fashioned way. We'll talk about how you get out in the fresh air and you mm-hmm. breathe the clean mountain air of California. I was on the California side. I was going to say, it could go either way, right? It could go either way. Is and Nevada? So Nevada? I went. I flew into Nevada, uh-huh. threw away a couple of bucks in a casino, and then hightailed it to Reno and had a great time. And if you can hear the sound of my voice, the Ritz-Carlton... Always treats you well. So you don't know how, you don't know how to win when you go to, to a casino. You, no, don't, you don't know how to. We're do going to talk about that, and I know you want to get to the whole Panama Papers thing. No, 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 no. The crisis in the China. Sea. I know we're going to get to it. We're going to be a big show. It's we're our annual baseball show. Oh, we got a sound effect there, Jimmy. Jimmy. Johnny. Johnny. There you go. There, we go. there you go. It's our annual baseball show. But first, it's opening day. Well, opening day was rained out oh. up uh, up at Yankee Stadium. The Mets lost yesterday. We're going to talk all about that. But yep. first. I got to always start the show the same way, always. Vince, you're a handsome man. What would you do this weekend? How big, were you? Big weekend. First started off on Saturday. Well, that's when it usually does. I headed up to uh, the Columbia School of Journalism, journalism oh. school, wow. graduate you, school, you could and there was a job fair, oh. and I met with all the young go-getters. You know, go-getters. you have a job, by the way. You have well, a job. I was meeting with the young go-getters that want to come and work for me at the Brooklyn Paper, and you, these kids were excited. Yeah. Very excited. I wasn't excited by a job fair on a Saturday. That is, I, that's why I didn't go. Everyone was there, and it was lots of free swag. I got some ESPN mints. Nice. Well, what I swag got, did you bring? Uh, nothing. I nothing. Brought, I brought papers. I brought paper. paper. I brought that's myself. A free paper, everybody. It's, you know what? That's it's like paper. going to my. It's like going to my mother's house on Sunday. You know what I brought? I brought myself. You brought your gravy. Is what I you saw, brought? No, no, no. I, that's what happens at your got, mother's house. No, she's got the gravy. All right. So, how, did you hire anybody? No, but I found out. The one question I asked them is, "Say, hey, you go to J school." Yeah. You got all these bills to pay. What is it? What is your like? How much money do you think you're going to make? What are you looking forward to for your first job out of school? How much? How much you think you can you can take in? What do you think their answer was? Well, they're, they're, I didn't get in this business for the money. Of course, that's exactly that's, they, they always all say that. Said that I didn't get in for the money, and I just want to make enough money to pay my rent. Yeah. And then what's the first question they ask you when you say, "Oh, well, you got the job." I called. You remember we called Dan McLeod. Hey, Dan McLeod, you got the job. What was the first question he asked? The first question Dan McLeod asked us? How much are you paying me, well, and can I, you pay me more? When do I start? <laughs> no, Dan, Dan was not. Anyway, Dan McLeod, if you're out there, Brooklyn Paper Reporter Emeritus. Oh, he's Excellent. He's got to give us a call. He did, in fact. Yeah, if you want to call us, the number is 718-260-4502. It's our baseball edition, our annual baseball edition. We Big got, show. We're going to be joined by Union Square Events top honcho John Karangis, who's going to talk about all the offerings at City Field this year. Uh, yeah, it's very exciting stuff. There was a big thing out in City Field last week. I went to it. We can talk about that, all right, too. Well, but but I, you mentioned your weekend. I just want you to know. Wait, I'm not done. Oh. On Sunday. <laughs> you don't even know about Sunday. I was going to tell you about my No, mold. I got to get I got to get ready because yeah. you know what happens this week. Oh, Easter. No, the Common Core. The big uh, test. The big, big test. test. My, Are you opting s- out? We will not opt out. So you're nopting no, out. No, I am not going to opt out. My kid is going to take the test. I'm damn putting it. him in a room. They're going to tie him down, and he's going to finish it. Damn it. That's he's going to take that damn test. That's right. I'm not afraid of it, well, and, and neither is he. <laughs> well, the te- sounds like the teacher should be afraid of it, because it sounds like your son's not going to do very well. Well, you know how it is with that Common Core. All right. Well, anyway, I want to tell you, over the weekend, I had a mole removed. So, it's Wait. Jimmy, it's being tested right now for cancer. Oh, there you I go. don't just, I don't just, Johnny. I don't just throw that out there. My mole is being tested for cancer. Do we have mole for? <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> That's hot. And I got to tell you, over the weekend, remember it was raining on Saturday and frigid cold on Sunday. Anybody in Crazy. Brooklyn? Yeah. Opening weekend of the ASO Soccer at Prospect Park. Rainy Saturday. Played for two hours. Frigid cold Sunday. Played for two hours. Wait, I got to say, my boy's a champ. If you can hear the sound of my voice, Ben Kunzman. Oh, Ben's playing. A real champ. That's real good. champ. Anyway, so that was. Thank you. That was my weekend. All right. Is he nine or eight? How old? Is He's he? eight. Eight. We got to start the baseball show. We, so we do. Vinny, you started because this is your friend. No, a lot this of your friend. A lot of people say to me, "Look, you're doing a baseball show. You're the Brooklyn Paper Radio. Why are you doing a baseball show? What does Brooklyn have to do with baseball? I mean, besides the Cyclones. Besides and, the Cyclones. And also the basically the founding." place of baseball. Well, my point is that there's lots of Met fans in Brooklyn. There's no doubt about that. And the reason being, because every Met fan that's alive today used to be a Dodger fan. Who's the best Met fan you know? 
Oh, the best Met fan? Oh, that'd be my brother. No, 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 no. I'm the best Met fan. I have been a Met fan through everything. Like Doug Flynn. Remember Doug Flynn? I remember Doug Flynn. All right, John, you remember Doug Flynn? Of course. Yeah, okay. Well, there's John Karangas. So there he is. Here. He's here. I remember Doug Sisk blowing games. Oh, so don't Doug, tell me. They called don't him Doug me. Risk. No, thank you. So they did. bring in your friend. Oh, so with us today, at this event last week at City Field, where they had all the food that's going to be available this year at City Field. I did a big story about it in this week's Times Ledger newspapers in Queens. You wrote that story. I did write that story. Wow. I went out there, put it, took some photos. If you go to... Oh, look at that. If you Damn, go to... you got to turn... We've said, Jimmy, silence your cell phone when you come in. I don't care if you're on Tinder. I don't care if you're on Match.com. Silence that phone. There you go. We got, Slippin' Jimmy. we got to do that. Take a look at that, by the way, as I, as I hand that over to my producers. It's a note I just received from one of our many listeners out there. And uh, I, it's gonna make, they're going to have to make an adjustment. Yeah, but we'll get back we'll to it. The fact of the matter is we go out to City Field. All the food is there. In the old days, Gersh, you went to the ballpark. You had a hot dog and a beer. Those days well, are no, gone. No, no, no. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jack. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jack. Well, it's Jack. peanuts, Cracker Jacks, hot dog, and a beer. And around the seventh inning, you have some ice cream. I didn't always root, root, root for the home team because sometimes I go to a Yankee game. Okay. I can't root for that team. I always root for right, Keep you know, going. The fact of the matter is nowadays you go out to the ballpark, and it's like it's just gourmet central. And a big part of that is my good friend John Carangis, well, who is here. In, bring him in. He's here. He's from Union Square Events. John, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Well, hold on a second, John. Union Square Events, that sounds like the same outfit that's running the Shake Shack and the barbecue joint Blue Smoke. I and that, that even that Spanish place, El Verano, which, as you know, means summer. And now you got that the new thing last year, Box Freet. So that's the whole, you, you run a whole outfit out there. Correct. So what's new this year that I should care about? Well, what's new this year, aside from offerings on all the places that you mentioned, is a new concept that we're introducing Ooh. called Papa Rosso. Papa Rosso? What is that? Is that a Bernie Sanders reference? Because <laughs> he's a socialist, you see. Papa Rosso. <laughs> no? Not at all. Um, Papa Rosso is actually... all week, everybody. <laughs> what is Papa Rosso? Try the pizza. It's a, it's a new pizza concept that we're uh, really, really excited about um, debuting at the Met Home Opener this Friday. Oh, Friday. So who's going in the home opener, first of all? Uh, well, I think it's the Grom. No? I don't no, know. it's five days from Sunday. So what's five days from Sunday? Friday. Yeah, I know. So who do you got? Friday's only. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's the Black Knight. Harvey. No, the Dark, dark Knight. All right. So anyway, Papa Rosso, just so, uh, Jimmy, I don't know if you can show this. It's a radio show. I happen to have one of their pizzas here. Papa Rosso's logo is a tomato with these two bulging arms coming out of it. Can you see this? So wait, how do you know this, guys? Those is, is this, are we are we doing a tasting? They, those look a lot like your forearms, Vince. You're a handsome <laughs> man. Those are anyway. We are doing a tasting. First time ever on radio. Uh, John, talk us through this. I got the pepperoni in front of me. Talk okay, us, talk us through it. Fantastic. So and I, got, uh, I got a beer here. I'm gonna pop it right open. Yeah, here. open that That's beer. That's a Schaefer, because Schaefer is the one beer to have when you're having more than one, and it I is. intend to have more than two. Go. go for it. Talk us through the pepperoni. So, so Paparosa essentially is uh, gave us an opportunity oh. to offer yeah. uh, pizza yeah. to New Yorkers who are going to a Met game. And uh, the goal that I had in mind in creating it was to make okay. sure that we take the best of what Neapolitan pizza is, mm -hmm. the, the, in fact, the pizza from Naples, and the best of New York-style pizza, and, and basically putting them together. Nice. Knowing that they're stylistically can be a little different. Um, and we love the, the chew and, and the fermented dough mm -hmm. of true Neapolitan pizza and how it's cooked in a hot, hot oven, mm. allowing it to char. And then we nice. also love the, the crispness and the sort of uh, uh, nostalgic New York-style pizza. Um, which if we were to take recipes and sort of combine them and, and the technique and combine them and execute them in a way that made sense, we felt we can uh, achieve our goal. So the pepperoni pizza mm -hmm. uh, essentially is this dough that we've created. It's a four-day, three-day uh, fermentation process. Well, what does that mean, fermentation? Yeah. Right? So, What's happening to the dough? So basically what happens when you mix yeast and mortar and salt and flour together, um, you're creating something that's that's alive and that's living and breathing. Wow. Um, is, this and I, is this cannibalism? Is this cannibalism? Eating meat right now, besides so, the pepperoni, of course. So as long as you uh, take that time to allow that flavor to develop in the refrigerator or not in the refrigerator, um, that that flavor develops and becomes a lot more interesting. Um, it it sort of uh, cooks in a way once you have a certain oven um, that it gives it this interesting char, um, chew, and crunch all together. So the pepperoni pizza. I'm getting that crunch right now, by the way. Yeah. So uh, so the pepperoni pizza is simply um, some really good pepperoni that um, that we fell in love. 
love where they have to try many, many oh, different Vinny's, types. Vinny's going for seconds. I'm, I'm having a second. I'm going to give Jimmy and Johnny, our producers, the rest of that pie. They can let us know. It's a very good pie. It's a very so good pie. So wait a second. So this isn't the pepperoni pizza that you would, this isn't the pepperoni that you'd get, say, at, I don't know, well, it used to be Nick and Joe's. Now it's My Little Pizza on Court Street. Well, we tried to focus on um, really uh, putting together a pie that was made of, of a few ingredients at uh, the very optimum freshness and quality. Right. But here's, here's the problem, John. I hear mm -hmm. freshness. I hear quality. I hear fermentation. What I also see is long lines. Now, what's going to happen? Am I going to get a fresh pie at Papa Rosa that's going to be worth waiting for? Yeah, or am I getting just a warmed up slice? No, this is in the ballpark. No, gonna we're going to be making the pizza to order. There you go. Um, there so, you they're go. Gonna, so the dough actually is going to get rolled out on site, meaning oh. at the stand. We're also making the dough at the stand and everything is being assembled uh, just prior to you um, ordering the pie. So I and show up, I order the pie, and you make it. And we're making it to order. So here, let's now talk me through this next pizza because I have another one. Same logo with Vince's forearms coming out of a tomato. I got this thing, it's kind of brown, it looks like fungi. What, what am I looking at here? Yeah, that is in fact fungi. So that's our mushroom and cheese pizza. Well, I'm getting no sauce on this one. Is there a bechamel? What is on this So, one? well, that's the great question. Uh, I asked a tough question. Know your food. So, um, oh, this is good. so the bechamel that what appears to be bechamel is actually uh, some, some homemade ricotta cheese mm, that we well. seasoned with some roast garlic and olive oil, salt, pepper. That's a standout. And then we pipe that on the pie. Um, in addition to that cheese, there's some um, fontina cheese that's shredded wow. and laid on top of that. There's a party in my mouth, and it's like the 1986 Mets are in my mouth right now. That's how good this is. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's Pecorino Romano cheese. There's two types of mushrooms on the pie. One of them is a hen of the woods mushroom oh. and a cremini mushroom that's cooked in some garlic and some shallot. Um, and there's an addition of some fresh rosemary. Yeah, I see and the rosemary. simply gets placed on top of the um, the pizza dough once it's rolled out, Jimmy, and it can, all gets baked Jimmy, together. Jimmy, can you show that rosemary? Show, show, show us. The you got to show the, the listeners this. All right, but hold on. John, that's a fantastic pizza. And Hen of the Woods, as you know, a member of the food co-op, I'm very familiar with Hen of the Woods. But here's the question, the toughest question. Go. How much is this pie going to cost me? This is like a $40 pie. Uh, no, it, that pie is $12.50. $12. i got to say something. That's that good. is the best bang for the buck at a stadium because there's six slices. I don't know if you can describe it. Johnny, how many inches would you say? I'd say the diameter of that pizza is, is seven inches. Am I right? No, it's a, it's actually a 10-inch pie. Because no I know what 10 inches is. There's no <laughs> way that's 10 inches. All right, it's 10 inches. There Thank you go. You. Thank you, Johnny. All right, it's a 10-inch pie for, what would you say, $14? Uh, well, the margarita pizza is uh, $10.50, and the pepperoni and the mushroom pizza are Twelve dollars and fifty cents. No, listen, You're giving that away. They're, they're giving it away at Shea, at, at Shea Stadium, yeah, or, or City Field. As so it were. I would say, John, in all seriousness, this might be the best bang for the buck at the stadium. Yeah, well, we were very, very much um, concerned about what what that would charge and how that would be perceived. But we also like to say that that each of those individual pies can feed one and a half. People. Well, on I would say one, one Gersh Kunstman. I think it could feed two people because we're going right through this. It's, it's not really. It's a big yeah, pie. Yeah, but this is a snack. I mean, this I haven't worked all day. Coming out on the seven train, I'm hungry. Dude, I'm gonna go home for dinner. I'm gonna be like I'm stuffed. Hold That's on, it's gonna happen. The twelve fifty. Give me an idea, just so we can put it out of perspective, because you guys, as I said, run the Shake Shack. What's a Shack Burger cost at City Field? Oh, uh, I should know that question, but it's about $6.50. That's a pretty oh, good price good. also. Yeah. And then what's like um, like a box frites? So you get these box frites. It's like French fries. How much Let's that talk cost? about that. That's about, like about $5. So that's not a great value, if you ask me, because it's just a potato, John. I mean, how much is a potato? Johnny, how much does a potato cost? Well, it's a... Cents. No, 30 cents. One potato. Our prices have never been lower. Comes with sauces as well. Uh, after you judge, but you're giving on. us a pizza, a 10 inch pizza, and Vinny just measured it, and I know it's 10 inches. I, I have a method for measuring that. For 12.50, and it's a great, it's a great pizza. So that's fantastic. <laughs> but now I got to ask the tough question. No, we're going back to the tough questions. John, last year you had a product in one of your one of your establishments. The New York Post called it the best thing at the stadium. It was a fried ball of mac and cheese. No, it was it was it was mac and cheese sticks, I believe. No, it was fried, it? deep fried, I think. It right? Was, what was it, John? Yeah, they were they were um, they were macaroni and cheese that were shaped into a French fry and then breaded oh. and then deep fried. All right, Post called it the best thing. And I have no grudge against the Post. The Daily News also covered it, and they said it was the best thing they'd ever eaten. And what happened to that product? So uh, we made a conscious effort to discontinue them this year. You consciously, consciously, you consciously uncoupled. Yeah, is what you did. You, you Gwyneth Paltrow'd me. 
Well, we, you know, it was one of those things that, um, you know, a lesson that we learned that it was a fantastic product, one we were very proud of. But we realized in order for us to be consistent and to deliver it excellently on a, on a regular basis was becoming all too challenging. Yeah. So we ran the risk of disappointing some guests. Yeah, so we, like a we felt that we right. would, yeah, we needed a bullpen. You win we some, you lose some. Closer. That's just too bad because the Post loved it. But I tell you, when the Post gets a load of this Papa Rosso, well, they'll botch the story. But the Daily News will call this the best thing at the stadium. Yeah. 12.50 for that. I mean, get, listen, Gersh, you go out there, you give it your best shot. You know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, and sometimes it rains. It's, it's, all, it's all true. Yeah. I say, I say swan insane and pray for rain is what I say. Swan? Yeah. No, Spawn. Spawn insane and pray for him. <laughs> Craig Swan. Baseball. You're talking Craig Swan here. I used to like Craig Swan. He was our starter. He was our number one starter. I remember. I anyway, remember. so John, now i got to ask you an even tougher question. Because you're not, you're like a Yankee fan. You go way back to the glory days of 1989 when you and Vinny had box seats in right field. I heard all about it Full in the green room. Yeah. I heard all about it in the green room. But what are the Mets' chances this year? Because we are a Brooklyn paper radio and we can only care about the Mets. What are the Mets' chances? Go. Well, there's a lot of high expectations on the Mets this year. They made it to the World Series last year, so I think about that, yeah. I think um, that anyone who says that they shouldn't get there again would be uh, misleading. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for them to, to 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 play out the year and and hopefully injuries, which are a part of the game, uh, stay away from the Mets. Their starting rotation takes them where they need to go. So um, there's high expectations for them, just like there is for us with our food program. See that? See how he brought it back to the he food did. program? And, I was just, and all I was going to say was, so you're saying the Yankees don't have a shot? Uh, well, I hope the Yankees win. I am a Yankee fan as well. So uh, As well. They've, huh? got, they've got a lot of work to do. Yeah. I, do you have any guts? You're sitting over there. You're a Yankee fan and a Met fan. Earlier you are telling me you like the Rangers and the, and the Islanders and the Knicks. And I mean, where, where's the gut check time? It's gut check time. Gun is to your head. Down and dirty, John. A gun is to your head. Yankees and Mets, Mets in the Mets World Series. Mets and Yankees Series. are in the World Series. It's Game 7. Who are you rooting Who you, for? Yeah, who's, who's going? Because well, I want to see the Mets and Yankees in the World Series. I will tell you that if they're at City Field, I'm going to root for the home team. No. <laughs> if they're at City Field, you're going to root for extra innings so people buy more pizza. That's right. <laughs> but forget about it. We, that was a good, we talked about before. Let's ask that question about when are people like eating food at the yeah, ballpark? Yeah. Like, this is just very interesting to us because, I mean, you guys are you're going through a lot of product, but how do you know... Like when to expect like seventh inning stretch is do people that's a big time that's gotta you know, be a big time or yeah. when they're singing the uh, when they're singing God bless America nobody's around how does it work yeah no that's a great question um, typically gates open two hours before game time with the exception of um, particularly busy games like opening day or playoffs oh, yeah. and World Series so there's one o'clock game normally eleven o'clock gates open but in this case Friday's opener they open at ten thirty wow people don't eat right literally right out of the gate, but they'll start to queue up at the stands, any of the stands, sometime around an hour and a half to two hours before game time. Wow. Did, you just so say, did you just say queue up, by the way? Correct. Yeah, that's British, but keep going. I like so it. Once, uh, once that happens, you, you get a pretty steady flow until first pitch. Uh, but just prior to first pitch, get, uh, the guests will, the fans will sort of find their seats, and then there'll be a little bit of a lull. So there's a lot of opportunity to capture a lot of people just prior to first pitch, and then back again around the third inning. That's another time that they uh, um, they start to uh, congregate. But and then also again, like like Vinny was saying, the seventh inning. But if but if the Mets are doing well, they're a good team this year. Say they. They're getting big crowds, so we know you're going to sell more. But if they're good, do, do a lot of guys go to the game and say, "Ah, oh, the Mets is so good. Let's get an extra beer and pizza because we're just loving the, you know, we're loving life." And if the Mets are bad, you're like, oh, "I'm not gonna, now. I got to pay eight dollars for a pizza? No, no. I'm just bringing a sandwich." Like, well, you experience that a little? Yeah, we do. When when people are people are in a good spirits, they they tend to purchase things more often than when they're not. That's a retail law. That's like the Bible of retail. Make people feel good. Yeah, you gotta make them feel. That's why you go into American Apparel and they're playing like the Rolling Stones. Down, 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 and suddenly you're pulling down stuff off the shelves. Exactly. I was there with my daughter, Jimmy. They're playing the Rolling Stones. And she's and like, I'm I love like, Let's buy that. I love this song. <laughs> buy me that. Daddy. Can you play the Rolling Stones at the pizza at the Papa Rosso? Um, I myself <laughs> cannot, but but perhaps the Mets can. Well, it makes me so. Sure. You have now. You guys are located. Most of your stuff is out near Center Field. Is that is that how that works? Out Correct. There, in an area we call Taste of the City. Yeah, mm. but I got to ask Ooh. a tough question, John. You know that they sell pizza at City Field. It's called Two Boots. Now I'm a Brooklyn guy, and I said it's I would a, have it's a Brooklyn the, place, right? I would do the taste test. Paparoso is definitively better than Two Boots. 
I can say that now. But you, excuse me, that was a burp <laughs> from the beer. But you took you took one or two boots to stands out in center field, right? Yeah, last year the Mets had asked us if we would uh, if we would be interested in making pizza, and that that area was was in the past occupied by two. Boots. That's a win win for fans, as far as I'm concerned. I've tried Paparosa, and remember you can follow them at Twitter at Paparosa Pizza, which I just saw in the box. There you with go, Vince's arms. So I think that's a win win for fans. Because Two Boots is still in the stadium. They're just yeah, yeah, elsewhere. Yeah. And now you got center field. It's Danny Meyer. Now, John, tough question. Is it true what they say about Danny Meyer? Well, it depends on what they say. Well, they say all these nice things about him. Like, he's a genius. He's a great businessman. He's a great boss. He's He knows food. He knows how to offer unique dining experiences. Customer service is really big with him. Is that true? Yes. See, it is true. See how it's, easy that was? It's true. Amazingly, I thought that was amazingly a tough question. So. He has an amazing palate. Um, he's able to see things around a corner in the hospitality field. It's uh, it's very impressive that each and every time I'm around him and bear witness to what he says, how he how he operates. It's pretty fantastic, and it's a privilege to work not only for him but for the many other uh, folks. All right, in now the it's organization. Getting, now it's getting puffy. Now it's getting, but, but so he sees around corners. What's cu- what's the next trend in dining that you can reveal? exclusively on Brooklyn Paper Radio that Danny told you not to tell anybody. What is the next thing? <laughs> uh, I don't have I don't I don't have anything to say to that, but I will tell you that, you know, one of the things we've all seen and you know, maybe you have, maybe you haven't is that there is this really really uh, strong desire for folks to uh, participate in the fast casual concepts. The fast casual. Which What does that even mean? I don't even know what that means. Fast casual, Gersh, come on. That's like me in bed. Come on. What does that mean, fast casual? Well, it's also known as, as fine casual, whereas, you know, you have fine dining where fine casual would be a lot of great attention being placed to things at a lower price point. Like Applebee's? Are we talking about Applebee's? No, no, no. I, it sounds uh, like he's talking about Applebee's, Vince. No, i.e. a Shake Shack or oh, okay. any of these other, you know, food concepts or restaurants that typically don't have executive chefs or oh, florists or maitre d's but you're getting a really great product for lunch perhaps for 10 12 bucks that's not bad I now like listen that. we've done we've done a lot of talk about danny meyer we've done a lot of talk yeah. about now john has a brooklyn background you, you, you don't know this we don't bring people on the show for just no reason you well, know i mean if they bring pizza we put them now, on the one, show one of the things i want to point out first of all john was born in brooklyn obviously second of all where'd you go to school tell him so uh, in Brooklyn, yeah, Saint Agathas. No, where'd like you go making, to school? It sounds in, like he's making this up. Where'd you go to school? College. Where'd you go to college, John? Oh, New York City Technical College. Oh, and where's that located? About four blocks from where it, we're sitting. No, right now. four blocks. It's located right across the street. Yeah, I'm looking at in it. In beautiful downtown Brooklyn, America's downtown. Gersh, I think you forgot to say that. At I the did. Beginning of the, show. But the Brooklyn Paper Building is literally across the courtyard from. New York City Tech. Now he didn't even, and the point is, he didn't even recognize. It. He's walking around there. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even mm-hmm. recognize. It. Last time he was down, he was wait. When was last time you were, uh, at the uh, Tech? Uh, about three weeks ago. There you go. Didn't even <laughs> recognize it. Didn't I even... can't believe you didn't tell us uh, to go back for a second. I can't believe you didn't tell us the big secret because I think the next big thing in dining. You ready for this? Ready for this, Jimmy? Primate waiters, monkey waiters. Mm. No. Did Danny that. ever talk to you about that? No. Can you? That I, hasn't come if up. you can hear the sound of my voice, seven one eight. Two six zero four five zero two. Call in. We'll get some investors. Primate waiters. I don't <laughs> think it's gonna. Hell yeah! There you go. I don't think it's gonna work. I don't. Why not? I don't think it's gonna. All work. All right. Last question because we got to get out and pay some bills. Yeah. John, my yes. girlfriend is asking me, and she's a very lovely woman who enjoys baseball, which is big. That's not. It's a big. And deal. she enjoys stadium food. She loves when we you buy her. Um, we go to Yankee Stadium every once in a while against my wishes. But she loves that Lobel sandwich. It's a steak sandwich at Yankee Stadium. Very reasonably priced, priced and delicious. I'm not sure it's reasonably priced. No, it's like sixteen bucks, but it's a, it's an amazing sandwich. It's so not, it's not reasonable. John, what's the equivalent for you? What's your favorite City Field product, even if it's not one of your Danny Meyer specialties, that you think is a good value for the buck? That I can say to my girlfriend, No, no, we can go to City Field. I love you, honey. We can go to City Field. We, we can see the Mets and not the Yankees. No, well, that's a tough question. That, that's what I do. That's, that's a tough question. We put you on the spot. Um, favorite food? So what's my favorite food mm-hmm. at the ballpark? Well, I, I have to be honest with you. When I went, and maybe it's because of you know where I came from and how I was raised. But when I go to a baseball game, yeah. I have to have a hot dog. Yeah, I there know what he's talking about. I have to and, have. And a hot quite dog. frankly, I went to this event quite last frankly? week. Quite, quite frank- frankly, quite frankly, frankly, I relish this conversation. <laughs> it's fantastic. No, let me catch up. I'm you're, you're just a little ahead of me. 
<laughs> Keep talking because you're not cutting the mustard right now. I'm not. <laughs> Frankly, I went but to. You do have a nice pair of buns. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. I'm out here. I'm all here all week. Go tell your story. Good. Thank you. Thank you. What I was going to say was we went to the, the event last week. There's all this food. John went and grabbed the hot dog. I watched him. I saw yeah. it happen. No, he's absolutely right. There's something about baseball and hot dog. Now, but that segues into my last question, toughest question of all. Uh-oh. So you guys post calorie counts because you're like a big chain, right? You have calorie counts up there. We do not oh, you don't. post calorie counts. All right, but right. say you did. I mean, I know your, your pizza, eating one of those personal pan pizzas, whatever, it's going to be like 700, 800 calories, maybe even more. If you actually posted those calorie counts at a at a baseball stadium, do you think anybody would care, or they're thinking, "Ah, I'm at the game. Give me a give me a shake and a pizza." I don't know what that well, accent was, but I mean, yeah. I think I think people are a lot more conscious of what they're taking in, but I th- also think that if they're coming to a baseball game, um, they know what they have a good idea what they're going to expect. Not to say you could need a little more light and buy a salad. We offer a couple of great salads in our El Verano concept, which are Mexican themed but have a lot of great flavor so we'd like to say that we have something that we can offer for everyone that's at different calorie points but you know first and foremost we need to make sure it's delicious that's there you the go and you know how you make a salad delicious you put a, you put a little bit of blue cheese dressing on oh, it I love, love that, that blue cheese dressing alright and then you can say it's just a salad it's doctor, a salad doctor says you need to lose five pounds I'm like doc I'm just eating salad and Johnny. with fried chicken on it alright John you're a great guest but hold on we gotta pay some bills and we're gonna come back and talk a little bit about uh, whether one should eat a paparoso pizza with a fork like John Kasich did Johnny you got that video can you show that video show while? that video while we do this commercial alright <clears throat> let me start in but John we'll kinda come back to you talk about pizza with a fork yeah stick around sure. But I got another question for you, John. Has low back pain ever kept you on the sidelines of life, unable to do the things that make you active and happy? John, any Not low back yet. pain? Never? Not yet. Wow, he's mm. a young guy. Well, he's a good-looking guy. Anyway, well, if you ever do have low back pain, spinal decompression, which is a, an effective uh, pain relief method, may work for you because it works with bulging and herniated discs, degenerative disc disease, which is what I have, sciatica, which is what I have, and even failed back surgery, which I did not have. And you had, didn't you have a, you had some surgery this weekend for, for moles? I stuff. had did that mole removed. I don't think the DRX 9000, which is a spinal decompression device, is for moles. It's not for moles. Okay. But it does apply a distraction force to relieve nerve compression. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, Jimmy, I don't know if you want to show my x-ray. Nerve compression is when, like, a, a, a the discs kind of compress, and then the nerve, well, you know what it is. Anyway, you get into this DRX 9000 by calling Dr. Melinda Keller. She's from the Brooklyn Spine Center. I'll give you the number, 718-234-6207. You schedule a consultation. She's going to look at your spine. She's going to touch around a little bit. It's going to be good. She's going to say, oh, no, the DRX 9000 is for you. We're going to get rid of that pain from the sciatica or the decompressed degenerative disc disease. So anyway, you call her up, 718-234-6207, or visit the website at brooklynspinecenter.com. Vince? It's a great job. Great job. I got a problem with my shoulder, my right shoulder and neck. The DRX 9000 is not for that, but no. Dr. Melinda Keller at the Brooklyn Spine Center can help you. All right, let me see your teeth, Gersh. Yeah, they're not good. I just want to take a look, look at them. Oh, you got this can whole we, bunch of can stuff you, stuck Can you in there. get a picture of my teeth? Sure, I know it's Put it on the air because you got to see. Because if you're looking for a dentist who provides quality care at an affordable price, then you should look no further than Dr. Joseph Lichter. You know, the dentist and skilled hygienist at Dr. Lichter's state-of-the-art office use the most up-to-date technology and techniques to provide you the best experience possible. Dr. Lichter and his staff yeah. perform traditional dental procedures such as teeth cleaning, which right now Gersh is in dire well, need I'm gonna of. Use, I'm going to use this as a as a Do whatever you got to They do fillings, they do root canal therapy, they do tooth extractions. But in addition, they offer the latest in restorative and cosmetic dentistry, including implants, porcelain veneers and crowns, fixed bridges, and more. Will he just clean my teeth? Because i got a Paparoso yeah, mouth right now. Yeah, cleaning. Oh, he loves to do cleanings. That's at Paparoso Pizza. There you go. <laughs> Procedures that can make a broken smile like Gersh's here look like new. The office also offers Invisalign. It's an alternative to metal braces that uses virtually invisible plastic aligners that shift teeth into place over a period of time. John, how are your teeth? Everything okay over there? Uh, one to ten. Uh, six and three quarters. Six and three quarters. Not bad. I, I think vi- he's a 10. I think you should visit Dr. Joseph Flicker. In- in- isn't it time you visit a high-quality, state-of-the-art dentist who keeps dentistry affordable so everyone can benefit? Call Dr. Lichter's office today at 718-339-7878 to set up an appointment that can improve your quality of life. As you know, he's located at 1420 Avenue P. That's for periodontal, by the way. Between East 14th and East 15th Streets in Midwood. Okay, so that's Dr. great. Dr. Lichter. Dr. Lichter's a great guy, but after a game... And John, you're in on this. After game, where do you want to go? If you had your pizza, maybe you had it before the first inning. So what is that? Like 7 o'clock? 
Game ends. 11, you get back to Brooklyn, it's midnight. Where are you going to go for that late night meal? You're going to go to Atlas Steakhouse. Because I've been to Atlas Steakhouse. It's mm -hmm. a unique dining experience. Here's why. First, you choose your steak. Every cut is aged to tender perfection on site. Then you pair it with a vintage wine from their extensive selection or with an Atlas Steakhouse signature cocktail. I like a Manhattan. Those are good. Then you can have a succulent appetizer. You, Vinny, you always like a shrimp cocktail. I love a shrimp cocktail. See, I like a cock shrimp tail, but that's, that's just me. Yeah. Anyway, the master chefs are going to craft that choice cut as you're eating that appetizer. Then the main course arrives, and you'll understand immediately with one bite why Atlas Steakhouse always offers you a cut above the rest. That's Atlas Steakhouse, 943 Coney Island Avenue in Kensington, only about 30 minutes from City Field. You can visit them on atlassteak.com. Yeah, my place is great. So we paid some bills. Now... Back to you, John Karangis. You have been... How many baseball games would you say you have been to in your life? Oof. Yeah. Many. Many. <laughs> All right. So I would say it's probably the way you guys were talking earlier, about 1,000 games, right? No, not that many. All right. Well, so the controversy now is you're going to be selling Papa Rosso Pizza. That's at Papa Rosso Pizza on Twitter and probably on Facebook as well. Probably. You're going to sell them. People are going to come in. Are they going to eat that pizza with a knife and fork like John Kasich did the other day? Well... We know most New Yorkers don't. However, we would definitely not discourage it. So would, you, would you be providing forks and knives to uh, people when they pick up their pizza? Can they like ask for that? Or will they have it? Is it available at the stand? We will have it available. Oh, yes. We just Vince asked the tough question. However, however, our goal was to make sure that we could have the pizza easily eaten by hand. Yeah, it's a nice Neapolitan style. It's thin, but like you said, it's got that New York fold ability. A lot of times you get a Neapolitan, Jimmy, you know what I'm talking about. You get a Neapolitan slice, like at uh, Motorino. You know Motorino, right? Yeah. And, and the crust is so thin that the toppings actually flop right through it, mm -hmm. and you can't do the New York fold. You guys solved that problem. Is that Was that actually part of Danny's, because Danny is the kind of guy who would notice that kind of thing, am I right? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, my goal in doing it was was to take really the what I felt was some of the amazing things about Neapolitan and some of the amazing things about a traditional New York pie and put them put them together. So you, I think you you I'm going said for seconds. It, you said it perfectly when mm. um, you mentioned that it's not real soft and and sort of tender and 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 moist in the center. Uh, we were very conscious about ensuring that you could in fact eat the pizza in your hand folding it, but yet still having a delicious chew and, and crunch and crust to it. All right, so now i got to tell you, the sneeze guard in front of my microphone is covered in <laughs> ricotta cheese. It's really nice. I'm, well, nice pronunciation. That's hot. Yeah. Uh, you know we're going to have to ask you about politics. It's a political season. Bill de Blasio is obviously going to be out there on Friday to throw out the first pitch. Is he doing that? Yeah, why wouldn't he? He's the mayor. Hmm, all right. So he, he threw out the first pitch last year at City Field. I thought he did a great job. He was right there at the foot of the mound, threw it, I'd say, about 58 feet from, from, the, from the plate. And he threw a nice strike to, uh, I don't even know who was catching. Then there was all this controversy this weekend. Did you see this, Jimmy? Well, he, went to a, he went to a ball game. He, he went, went to, like to a, a Staten Island Little League. And we saw the video. It's on SI Live. Again, I don't have any objection to plugging another the publication. Staten Island Advance. Those are the guys that keep the, the, the New Yorker. He didn't follow through. And my argument was, I've seen the, ball, the guy throw. I used to play with him in Prospect Park. And the disorganized baseball league, he throws a good ball. He is a baseball fan. Wait, even so you, wait, you have experience seeing him play. Yeah, I've seen him play. He's fine in a and Vince, very amateur league. That's fine. And Vince sees the pitch on SILive.com, and he's like, "Oh, no, 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 no!" It looked like he couldn't. He didn't have to throw a baseball. It looked like, for lack of a better term, he throws like a girl. That's what you wanted to say. I never said. That's that. what you wanted to say. I never said it because I I know plenty of girls that throw better than Bill De Blasio. Okay, that. from that video, absolutely agree with you, but. I've seen him throw. So, John, I'm going to bring John in. Sure. How does the mayor throw? <laughs> I, I, unfortunately, I haven't seen him. Really? No, well, I, I haven't seen him throw. Well, how's he mayor? <laughs> yeah, you've seen him be mayor. You've seen him mayor. How's he mayor? I thought we were talking about food. <laughs> no, no, all right, let's ask the easy question. Honestly, has, has he ever eaten at one of Danny's restaurants? I'm sure he has, right? I would assume so. Uh, I don't know for a fact. But, he hasn't even uh, been to the high if he, if he hasn't been, I'd, I'd definitely urge him to. Let's how, invite him. Let's invite about, him right yeah, now. We should, we should do it. Invite him. Send an invite out there. Listen, how about the players? Anytime you guys are out there in center field, Good maybe question. the bullpens are nearby or whatever, anytime the players come up and they're like, hey, give me, give me, a, give me a Shack burger. They have people that send they send over for food. Do you remember what Jack Clark used to do at Yankee Stadium? What? 
You don't remember? No, I don't. He would send the ball boy to yeah. Wendy's yeah. across the street. Wow. And he would make him get, there was a Wendy's on River Avenue. And okay. he would send the kid over to Wendy's. And then he'd come back with all the all the stuff from Wendy's and he'd give him a $100 bill. Wow. Well, that's not yeah. bad. That's, that's, what Jack, that's what Jack Clark used to do. All right. Well, I don't know. If that's why we call it the baseball show, Gersh. It is all baseball all the time. Now, John, one yes, of, we got to get out. But we one gotta, of the, yeah, we got to bring gotta in, get out. We got to bring in other people. John, the one of the things we do often do on the show is we have someone good enough to come into the studio. We say, listen, the next minute of airtime is yours. You can plug anything you want. Maybe you got an outside project. Maybe you want to say something to Danny Meyer that you want everyone publicly to hear. Maybe you just want to talk about Papa Rosso Pizza. That's at Papa Rosso Pizza on Twitter. Anything. Next minute is yours. John okay. Karanjas, go for it. All right. Awesome. Well, first of all, I just want to thank you for having no, me. No, 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 that no, doesn't no, count. That's that a doesn't okay, count. okay. All right. So I don't want to tap into it, but I thank you anyway. Um, so, you know, hopefully anybody out there listening who wants to appreciate a great baseball game, uh, out of my control, hopefully the Mets can provide that every day. But what we'd like to do is offer you the opportunity to come out and see us in center field where we operate box-free, Shake Shack, El Verano, Blue Smoke, Paparosa, and Cantina. There are six different um, food options from different ranging from French fries, hamburgers, hot dogs, Mexican-inspired cuisine, barbecue, and pizza, along with great cocktails and fabulous hospitality. Um, come out and see us. We're all part of the Union Square Hospitality Group umbrella, and uh, we'd love to have you out there and get your feedback. And we're out there for all 80, 81 games, I believe, Something right? Like that. 82 yeah. games in 164 game season. No, 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 it's 162 games. 100, right, 81 was games. Right. Uh, that's excluding playoffs and World Series. So hopefully we'll uh, get to do what we did last year. And uh, look forward to uh, doing right, what we do up, out there. Time, time's up on that. So you, one thing you didn't mention is the most important thing for a Brooklyn beer fan, which is Brooklyn Brewery is making a new ale for you at At Papa Rosa Pizza. What, what's that? What's that ale? Absolutely, it's called uh, Brooklyn Brewery's um, uh, American Ale. American, so American ale. Yeah. American ale. American ale. America's <laughs> pastime. So it, it, it's a <laughs> delicious, mouth. refreshing. Um, it's the kind of thing that, That's you know, how we described it when we did tasting is this is the kind of beer that I would have at home in my backyard. Did you bring some of this beer? Did you bring yeah, some that, of this that beer? Been Unfortunately, I did uh, not. That's unlike you. Anything That's else? Any desserts? They have any, you guys yes. provide any desserts? Yes, we do. We, um, we're making three different Italian ices to go along with our Paparoso brand, you which go, we brought here. Vinny is going to go get the ices and bring no. in our new reporter for the morning paper segment. John, stick around. Go get sure. the, the tell her to Yeah, tell Maddie to come in here. I read okay, the that's the morning papers. Paper. But this is a great moment. By the way, that's Jimmy and the Revolvers. Thank you very much for that. They're a little band out of Liverpool. John, uh, we do this segment. It's called the Morning Papers segment. We talk about what's going on in the news. And the best part about this is we're going to bring in Maddie, who's a new reporter here. I'm going to call her. Can I just get her on the phone? Oh, my God. oh no, here she comes. Maddie, come on in here. Sit next to John Carangas. Hi. Hi, how are you? Slam that door. Nice to meet you. Maddie, what's, what's your last name? Anthony. Maddie Anthony. All right, so you're going to sit there. You know John, right? No, we just met. We just <laughs> so Maddie. Maddie Anthony, new reporter. How many sto- when did when did you start at the Brooklyn Paper? Um, I started this morning around 10 a.m. Wait, wait, you started this morning? <laughs> I did, yes. You literally started working for where were you coming from? Where did you how'd you get this job? Um, oh, so I was working in the Bronx, uh, the Bronx Times reporter, oh. same company since December. So oh, can you hear me? But this sounds like a lateral move. Is this a promotion or a lateral move? Um, I wish it was a promotion. It's more of a location change. Ah, location. Yeah. Do you live in Brooklyn now? Bushwick, yeah. So Maddie, let's plug away. So what are you on Twitter? I'm not on Twitter. You're not. <laughs> I'm not on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. No. We had this conversation this morning. <laughs> All right, so let's just started here. Reporters that. need to be on Twitter. So we, I guess you're going to be at Maddie Anthony. So you'll plug that a little bit now. So what do you like about journalism? Why did you get into journalism? And and you can certainly say it's for the free food if you want, because I'm about to have an ISIS. Yep. So tell us, why'd you get into journalism? Um, I guess because I'm a nosy person and I want to know about everyone's life. Nosy? You I like I like to tell people stories, I do. Uh, you, you didn't even ask me a single question when I walked in here. And I walk in here as the editor emeritus of the Brooklyn paper, a reporter for the Daily News, an editor at the Daily News. You didn't give a, sh- you didn't give a crap. Okay, but I knew your name. Fair enough. So okay, that's John. A good thing. So, Maddie, get some of these ices. John, what am I, what am I eating here? What am I eating here? This is a chocolate ice. This looks like ice cream. Yeah. So what you? Yeah. Make sure she tries some. Okay. Uh, so the one you have there in your hand is 
chocolate and cherry ice. Chocolate Italian ice. And chocolate and cherry Italian ice. The one you have right there Whoa, is, is passion fantastic. fruit and guava. It. Wait, hold on. How much is that going to cost? Five bucks. That's a little pricey, but well, it's delicious. Guava, huh? Is that, no, like, is is that from Guam? That's the one you have, Vince, is uh, chocolate and cherry. That's really That's good. good. So, That's guava and And you say five bucks. So this is, a, this is like a, I'd call this a medium at the Lemon Ice King of Corona. That's what I'd call it. Um, just truth be told, that's a little bit of a smaller s portion. Obviously, okay. I scooped that about two hours ago, oh, okay. so it may have melted okay. a little bit. And, uh, okay, but the lemon ice cream of Corona is not making this. You guys make this, Yeah, right? we make it. Uh, fresh ingredients. We make really it. Good. We spin it, and then we oh. freeze it. John, you have some milk. John, what is this one here? What do I got here? So the one you have there is lemon. Oh, I love a lemon ice. I gotta taste some. This is the best thing I've ever tasted, and I'm. A you know fan. what? When I was a kid, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, when I was a kid, if we had like a sore throat or anything yep. like that, yep. my mother would run down to, um, it was it was on uh, on uh, New Utrecht yeah. Avenue, yeah, really to the ice stand. Maddie, what do you think of it? And I it was, love it. I get that lemon ice. Pizza. It cleared your throat. It's fantastic. John, could she have some pizza? No, we're out of pizza. We ate it all. Oh my god! Oh, Sorry, geez. Maddie. All three? No, there's one more pie in Eric Hercules' room. We have to Maddie, you you're a new reporter. You snooze, you lose. You're not paid very much. But listen, John. In all seriousness, before every Met game, I, I usually stop one stop early and I go to Lemon Ice King of Corona because he's fantastic. But what's the one problem with the Lemon Ice King of Corona? He won't give you a napkin. He will not give you a napkin. You walk to Shea Stadium with an Italian ice and no napkin. You gonna give me a napkin? Of course, you, you can take as many as you like. We See that? that? Napkins Big are free. Napkins, napkins are free. You, if you could send a message to the Lemon Ice King Corona. Maddie, you ever eat something that sloppy without a napkin? All the time. Well, you shouldn't You shouldn't do that. <laughs> can I encourage you all to switch and taste each other's ice? Do you all do that? Do do that? Gersh licked everyone. I don't, I don't think Should Maddie's going to be comfortable with that. Maddie try the chocolate, and you guys try the guava. Maddie, I don't, I don't think we're on that level yet. You're a new reporter. I'll eat the chocolate. What are you going to be covering? What are you going to be covering for us, Maddie? Um, Williamsburg and Bushwick. Oh my God! How'd she get the best beat in the city? She's got connections. All right. Well, Maddie, great seeing you. Have, a, have your cherry. last licks and get the heck out of here because we got to, we got to continue the show. That's Maddie Anthony, ladies and gentlemen, new reporter. Williamsburg and Bushwick for the Brooklyn paper. She's got a bright future ahead of her, uh, although I haven't seen her copy yet. And she will be on future episodes of Brooklyn Paper Radio where I will criticize everything she does. That's true. All right. We got to move on. Yeah, we do. Let me tell you something. I just got to say, yeah. Lemon was my favorite. Okay. It's old school. Biggest story today. I know you want to get to the Panama Papers, but we got to bring in no, Ruth Gersh, Brown. Gersh, Gersh, The crisis in the China Sea. Can I call Ruth Brown? I'm calling out. Yeah, call her in here. Ready? John, I'm going to introduce you to Ruth. Yeah. Hey, Ruth Brown, it's Gersh Kunzman of Brooklyn Paper Radio. Can you come on in here, please? Okay. All right, so the good news is she's coming on. All right, all right, there we go. I'm just checking. All right, I sound good. Okay, good. So Ruth Brown is obviously editor-in-chief of the Brooklyn Paper. No, Ruth, come on no, in here. Ruth is the deputy editor of the Brooklyn Paper. No, Can you please get these things correct? Call her deputy editor because you don't want to pay her what, her, what, she, what she earns. All right, Ruth. Ruth, first of all, try the lemon ice right in front of you. It's, it's completely – how's everything okay? You all right? right? You can do that? Want to try that lemon ice? Ruth had some stomach problems over again. With this, then it's like no, that's a brand new. Here, look, look, that's I got brand a spoon. new. Well, this is, I won't be able to eat the whole thing. There's I don't want to waste it. There you go. No, just try a piece. All right, Ruth, come on, come on. We're on the radio. <laughs> what do you think of it, Ruth? How is it? And what is it? What am I eating? See, my point was you didn't even actually have to eat it. We're on the radio. No one can see. Mm -hmm. Just tell us what you I think of it. I don't lie. I'm an honest ethical journalist. There she I is. Lie that's and that's why she is the deputy editor of the Brooklyn paper. And not the editor. There you go. Fine, fine, fine. Delicious. All right, fantastic. Now, Ruth. Don't thank us. Thank John. Now, I'll Ruth. have to go to City Field and try some. Yes. Ruth, you, Ruth, we got to get out. Ruth, you have been covering the biggest Brooklyn story, I think, since the Battle of Brooklyn. I call this Battle of Brooklyn Part 2. Mm -hmm. Why don't you bring us up to date on what is happening with the Brooklyn Papers' efforts to land the important debate between Bernie Sanders and D Democratic challenger Hillary Clinton? we got to get him in his office. Well, uh, as all our readers are no doubt aware, both Democratic uh, candidates are in town ahead of the New York primary, which yeah. is on the 19th? It's coming 19th? up. It's April, coming up. April 19th. Up. First time in a generation that the New York primary has actually mattered. Correct. Hmm. Really? Yeah, both for the GOP and the, uh, the Democrats. So you got Bernie Sanders and challenger Hillary Clinton both saying they want to debate after a fashion. Mm -hmm. Is the Brooklyn paper going to land that debate? Um, yes. Yes, it is. Well answered. Okay, so you've reached, reached out to both camps, and what has happened? 
well, I passed efforts to reach out to both camps have been fairly unsuccessful, but I will say that since they have both, since the New York primary sort of has become more on, since both candidates have been in New York, I've, they have both been a little more receptive to speaking to us. So I'm hoping to actually get a response from them. Um, mostly both camps have been speaking through press releases and no. are not particularly good at actually getting, you know, real answers on anything. And mostly they've both been releasing press releases that say accuse the other of trying to dodge them in a debate. And we're not interested in that. No, no, that's it. No, we're not. We're interested in the Brooklyn story. Now, you know, Bernie Sanders hails from Brooklyn, although he lives in Vermont. Hillary Clinton was, of course, the senator from the good state of New York and obviously has her office in Brooklyn. Right around the corner. You're from South Africa. Mm-hmm. You don't know these people. You don't know, you know Brooklyn because you live here. Who is the more Brooklyn candidate? Ooh, well, I mean... I feel like instinctively you would say Bernie just because he's got the accent, he's from here. At the same time, he left, which is mm. possibly ah. the worst thing anyone can do. I mean, that's, that's true. You see, that's why that's she's, that's it's why the Dodgers all over again. Yeah, it's, like, it's, the, yeah. it's the Dodgers. Okay, what about Hillary? Hillary? What about Hillary? Well, she chose to put her office she here. She did, although you know, rumors are that she has not spent a lot of time there herself. It's not a rumor; that it's is an absolute fact. It's, it's an, an absolute idea. fact. So you know, I feel like she started off strong. She did this video where she was sort of frolicking through the streets of Brooklyn Heights, and people were sort of running out to meet her, saying "Hillary," yeah. Yeah. and that was a good start. She went to Montague's, which I feel was you know true, a, true. a good local establishment to choose. Did she did she eat the pizza with a yeah. fork and knife, or did she just? Uh, did she eat it like a like a New Yorker? That is a great question. She was not caught on camera eating the pizza. So she probably didn't have any. Uh, I, wouldn't, said, I wouldn't have the pizza at Montague's. I'd have say, a panini. I will say this. Hillary Clinton is the first one doing an actual Brooklyn event, which will be tomorrow. Ooh. Uh, she'll be at Medgravis College. So, huh. you know, she does she does have that up on Bernie. Right, he so has not announced anything in Brooklyn Who's yet. your reporter who's doing the rope line who's going to literally say to Hillary Clinton, hey, Hillary, I'm you know, blah, 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 from the Brooklyn paper. We'd like to talk to you. In our editorial offices with Gersh Kuntzman and Vince DiMasselli. Yep. And if you remember our work on BCAT, we ask the tough questions, we grill you like a piece of salmon, you come out smelling like a rose. Who's going to ask that question? Uh, we've got uh, ace rookie reporter Julianne Cuba, who right. is right. about Cu- to launch her own political uh, gossip column. Cuban, yeah, what's it called? Cuban Missile Crisis? No, it was supposed to be Cuban Missive Crisis, but then we changed it. We have a we have a new idea for it now. What's it called? Well, I can't release that. Okay, fine. At this point so now. Julianne Cuba is going to go over there and say to Hillary Clinton everything I just said. Yeah. Why won't you debate Bernie Sanders in a Brooklyn paper sponsored debate? Right. Sp- again, with Gersh Kuntzman and Vince DiMasselli, mm-hmm. Ruth Brown, anybody throwing the tough questions out, and those are tough questions. We're going to throw at Bernie because you know Bernie. Does he eat pizza with a fork? I don't know. Possibly. Does he lean so far left? That he becomes as much a bomb thrower as Donald Trump. You ready for this here, Ruth Brown? I had my father, who, as Vince knows, is the most conservative person on the planet, says to me, oh, if Trump is the nominee, I'll vote for him. But if Bernie's the nominee for the Democrats, I'll vote for him. How do you go from supporting Donald Trump, and you know, so it's like a coin toss to Bernie Sanders? That's crazy. Did you ask? Yeah, he's like, <laughs> my, my father's very anti-big business, uh-huh. but he's also anti-everything that the Democrats stand for. So it's very, he's a very having, having a hard well, time. Well, Bernie is not really a Democrat, so, you know. I guess Bernie's not really a Democrat. He's the Democrat Donald, for your dad. Trump's not really a, he's not really a Republican, so you could just, you know. All right, we got, we got to get out. Ruth. Bottom line, the election is tomorrow. Who are you voting for? Who are you pulling that lever for? Because I, I know you're registered as a Democrat. I'm not legally allowed to vote in your country. Well, that's good. I'm glad we blocked that's her. That's that whole South African We thing. blocked her. Johnny, good job. We blocked her. Okay. <laughs> if you could vote in these United States, who do you vote for? I don't feel I can answer that question. I, uh, need, I, to rem- I need to remain impartial in this particular <laughs> no election. All right. Well, we'll check what you check with you after the election. and that's why she's the editor. All right. So let's bring in Vince DiMasselli, a known conservative. First, let me ask you a question. First of all, I'm a fiscal conservative. We've been over <laughs> let's, this. A known conservative. Secondly, we didn't get to. We actually did a story this week. We very rarely venture into national national politics, but we did do a story this week, and Ruth Ruth worked on. She worked very hard on, it, and she had to go and get the numbers and find out how much money mm. Brooklynites are giving to these two campaigns, to the Bernie campaign and to the Hillary campaign. And we broke it down, and what we learned was, whilst Hillary's brought in a lot more money, uh, Bernie's got a lot more donors. So More donors from Brooklyn, but less money. Yeah, correct. But well, if you sense. ask me, Gersh Kutzman, yeah, you give a dollar to Bernie Sanders' campaign, who are you voting for? Wait, I didn't give a dollar to I'm Bernie. just asking you, if you gave a dollar to Bernie Sanders' Oh, I Sanders see what you're campaign, saying, that he's going to win Brooklyn, is what you're saying. What I'm saying is he's got at least 2,000 votes on her. So he's going to win Brooklyn. That's my prediction. Ruth, just say no. And I'm an old-time newspaper reporter. 
It's actually not a very difficult story to do. I'm glad you did it, but it's very easy. Just put the zip codes in there and just spits it out. I didn't claim it was difficult. Well, Vince did. Anyway, Vince is a known conservative. It took time. All right, so as I've said... It took Excel. We had to use Microsoft. <laughs> Microsoft oh, yo, it's an whoa. awful program. We had to use Microsoft. Okay, in my day, we had to go to the Board of Elections and thumb through papers. Thumb! Thumb through them. John, you know how many paper cuts I got through in that story? No. Okay. As many baseball games as you've been to. Now, Ruth, we got to get out. I love this Italianized from Guam. <laughs> we got to get out. Ruth, mm-hmm. I can tell you... I I'm, thought we were quizzing Vince. Uh, we're going to get to it. I can tell you I'm voting for Bernie Sanders in the Democratic primary against challenger Hillary Clinton. But Thank you, Johnny. There you go. But Vince is a known conservative who, if I'm not mistaken, is registered as a Republican. Am I right? I am a fiscal conservative who is a registered independent. Ah, so you can't vote at all. I can't vote. And you know what? This goes back to my days back as a young reporter, a strapping young reporter. I Still might strapping. Add. Still strapping. And... Not young. And my uh, my editors used to say to me, Penny, you got to register as a Democrat so you can vote in the primary. And I'm like, no, 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 no. The reason why you don't is because if you're registered as an independent, you're taking all the power away from the parties. And the first and one of the greatest presidents of this country ever, George Washington, I believe his name was. <laughs> he was the first. He recommended avoiding binding political parties. You, you know can, that? You can look it up. That's mentioned in Hamilton, by the way. Is it? Yeah. Oh, all right. So it. you're not registered. So you can't vote. And this is the first time, as I've said, Jimmy and Johnny, you guys are kids. First time the New York primary has mattered at all since 88 for the Democrats, since like 1750 for the, for the Republicans. It's almost never mattered for the Republicans because, as your editor was saying, there's so few Republicans in New York. So here's my prediction. But many fiscal conservatives. Ruth, here's my prediction. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump wins the New York primary, goes on to win the California primary, and he seals up the nomination. Hillary Clinton wins in New York. Seals up the nomination. Bernie Sanders drops out. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I think that's that's a fair guess. No. I think Kasich's going to win New York. Whatever happens, whatever happened, Ruth, to you saying, you know, Gersh, I learn a lot just listening to you. That was implied. That was implied. <laughs> All right. All right, Ruth, we got to get out. If you had to make the prediction right now, do you think Hillary and Bernie will have a debate in New York before the primary. That's a yes, obviously. I think at this point they have to. Okay. I, I feel like I feel like there was a long period there where uh, the Clinton campaign was trying pretty hard to avoid that, uh, and I feel like at this point that the Sanders campaign has okay. successfully pushed them into a position All where right. they have to say yes. And will the Brooklyn paper sponsor that debate? Yes. Okay. And will Gersh Kunstman be a moderator of that debate? Undoubtedly. And then will Gersh Kunstman ask questions so tough that Hillary Clinton breaks down, now I'm not saying in tears, not a woman thing, she breaks down and says some gaffe that throws the election to Bernie Sanders. Wow. Less likely. It is less likely, but I'm going to ask the tough questions. John, you you experienced some of those tough questions. You think I could probably uh, grill her like a piece of salmon, am I right? And anyway, wait, by the way, how would you grill that salmon, John? That's the more important question. With love. With love. <laughs> I would do it with lemon and capers, but that's another. we got to get out. we got to get out. Ruth, thank you for coming on the show. Always a pleasure. I got one more morning paper segment. You, got, you can get out. Get out. <laughs> Ruth, and bring in Gilly. Get it. Bring in oh, Gil. Yeah. We got eight minutes, Gersh. We are, we are under the gun here. Yeah, that's all right. You know, I'll Ruth pay a bill. Let me pay one bill while Ruth is coming in. Uh, listen. Yeah. Atlas Steakhouse. I love it. You could dine a cut above the rest. Here's why. You select your premium cut, aged on site, where, for optimal texture and taste. You enjoy delicious vintage wines, expertly mixed cocktails, signature appetizers, while Atlas Steakhouse crafts your choice cut into a custom culinary masterpiece. Complete your dining experience with an exquisite signature dessert, and you'll understand at Atlas Steakhouse, you dine a cut above the rest. That's Atlas Steakhouse, 943 Coney Island Avenue in Kensington, or go online at atlassteak.com. Very close to City Field. It's near 18th Avenue. All right. We got Ruth, sorry, not Ruth, Lauren Gill is in the audience. Lauren, We call her Gilly here. Gilly, did you meet John Karangis? No, I didn't. Hi. Say hi. Nice to meet you. Good to Pleasure. meet you, too. So, Lauren, we only got a couple of minutes, but I had to bring you in because you had a story so shocking, so scary. It was like, <laughs> I thought of it as like a nightmare scenario. It really is. And the headline was something that you're going to have to explain. It was basically some city councilman was saying no to elected community boards. So yeah. start, start with the premise. Who's talking about elected community boards? Yeah, who, who came up with that idea? So an anti-gentrification group uh, called BAN. Uh, Ban. Great, great name, by the yeah. way. What Ban. does that stand it's for? It's called for Brooklyn Anti-Gentrification Network. BAN. No, no. B- 
They're working on anti-gentrification. Anti-gentrification. So it's, it's, it's really, it's really bang. It's bang. No, that would be begin. Mm. Oh, begin. I mean, it's not <laughs> a G, so. Yeah, that's wrong. So they leave that's out the G. Well. They leave out the G for gentrification. They do. Yes. Okay, keep going. Okay. I just want to understand. So wait, they came up with the idea, because we got to move this along. They yeah. came up with the idea, all right, you got to elect your community board members so that that takes big money out of elections. Is that correct, Gilly? Um, they thought that community board members are not really representative of their communities and that they're afraid to speak out against development um, during Euler processes. Right, because so because they're actually appointed by council members and the borough president, correct? Um, a council member nominates, but uh, the borough president um, He has the final them. say, Eric yeah. Adams. It's just so you know, it's very Adams. rare that a council member puts up somebody in the in the borough president doesn't rubber stamp it. But the point mm -hmm. is, That's you're saying before, if we put money into the politics of community boards, in other words, we have elections for community boards, public elections, that'll actually make a more diverse uh, board? How's that working for the Congress, Gilly? How's that working for Congress? We got a diverse this Congress is, in this country? This is what uh, the group is saying. Well, no, but did I'm you ask that question? Did you ask that, that. question? Um, I mean, they're convinced that this will uh, diversify community boards. They say that community boards are not representative of their community, um, and they want, and like, it's really hard to get involved. Wow. Interesting. I mean, you're, listen, you're a smart woman. And you've been covering Brooklyn for uh, like months. a decade now. Months. A decade oh, yeah. worth of months. That's what it all right. feels like. That sounds like the dumbest idea I've ever... <laughs> no, in all seriousness, we know the community boards are not diverse enough. But you're yeah. saying let's put money and politics into it. So it won't be an appointed position. It'll be an elected position. So yeah. now we got council members we're going to elect. Borough presidents we're going to elect. District attorneys we're going to elect. Now we're going to elect... Community board members. How many? How many members of uh, of your, your basic community board? How many people are on that uh, board? Fifty. Oh, fifty people. So there's fifty more people on the ballot there. Well, Gersh. they said a representative from the group said they haven't really worked out if they're going to have fifty people on the board or if it's going to be less. Um, but I mean, there is a possibility there could only be like five people on these new community boards. But anyway, I think. It wouldn't really diversify the community boards because people who have money for elections put up that money. They get elected. Developers are going to be putting people yeah, in there. That's right. It's going to be crazy. Well, I mean, yeah. developers are already put. I mean, there's plenty of pro-development forces on community boards. In fact, community boards, their only power, in so much as they have power at all, is yeah. land use review. We call that the ULERP process. Mm -hmm. And developers dominate that process. So part of what they're saying I'm very sympathetic to. The other part is... Diversity does not come from money, okay? Are we with? Are we together here? What's the Johnny? Can you look it up? What is the the racial breakdown of the U.S. Senate? It's like ninety-eight white men, one woman, and and I don't even know if there's a black person in the Senate now. Is there a black person in the Senate right now? I'm on it. He's on okay, it. He's looking that up. John, do you know? Is there a black person in the Senate right now? I I do not. Right, we'll know find that. out. We're gonna find out by the end. Not in New York State. Gil, it's been great talking to you. <laughs> We're going to find it. Stick around. We're going to find out about the black person in the Senate. Why don't you read me an ad there, Vince? We've got to pay some bills. We're running out of time. we got to go here. Ready? Gersh, let me – I just want to see. I'm looking at your teeth. They're horrible. And i got to tell you, it seems like the last time you saw a quality dentist was – Because they're too expensive, Vince. too long ago to remember. They're too expensive. Well, that's why it's time to see Dr. Joseph Lichter. Dr. Lichter's state-of-the-art dentistry – is offered at extremely reasonable prices so that almost anyone, including Gersh Kutzman with his bad teeth, can afford to get the smile that he deserves. Bad teeth and empty wallet. There you go. Right now, his prices are even more affordable because listeners of Brooklyn Paper Radio, this very show, can get special low prices for some of Dr. Lichter's most popular procedures. For example, Invisalign, the virtually invisible alternative to metal braces, which usually cost 5000 or more. At Dr. Joseph Lichter today, it's... Less, it's a, you'll save a thousand dollars. You'll save a thousand. Go like that. That's a lot. Porcelain veneers, which can go for a thousand or more. Dr. Joseph Lichter, you'll pay six seventy-five, and get the bright white smile you've always dreamed of. For a limited time, Dr. Lichter is offering the Zoom teeth whitening procedure for only three hundred and ninety-five dollars. Call Dr. Lichter's office today. It's seven one eight three three nine seven eight seven eight to set up an appointment. That's seven one eight. 339-7878. Dr. Lichter is located at 1420 Avenue P. Avenue P. Yeah, periodontal, yeah. <laughs> Between these 14th, these 15th streets in Midwood. Visit him online at josephlichterdds.com. Last thing I got to tell you is I got this back pain. Vince, yeah. I have back pain I wouldn't wish on a Yankee. That's how bad my back pain is, and I'm a Met fan, as you know. Yeah, Mattingly. 
Manling always had back pain. Well, you know what his problem was? They didn't he have, did yeah. not have non-surgical spinal decompression at Brooklyn Spine Center because he could have gotten back in the game. He'd still be playing. I'm talking about Dr. Melinda Keller. She's the only one in Brooklyn with something called a DRX-9000. It's a spinal decompression device that uses a distraction force. No, she doesn't wave things in front of your face so you forget about the pain. The distraction force is a pumping action that allows the body's own nutrients to flow back into the affected disc and rejuvenate it. If you want to find out more, you just call the Brooklyn Spine Center at 718-234-6207 to schedule a 